Hi, I'm Sam. About five years ago, my whole world was turned upside down. More on that later, but let's just say in what was supposed to be the happiest time in my life, I felt totally lost. You're listening to or watching my show, where we'll be talking with friends in healthcare, wellness, and holistic healing about real self-care. I'm not talking about pedicures and bubble baths. We're talking true acts of care to maintain our physical and mental health so we can truly live fearlessly and fulfilled. Say it with me. Self-care is my job. Okay, here we are. We are live. Very cool. So, hi, everyone. I'm just going to give everybody a couple minutes to pop on. And if you're listening to live, I just want to thank you for joining us in advance. This is going to be a great conversation. We're here. We're back for another episode of Self-Care is My Job. And we have an awesome woman here with us. Her name is Heather Natoli. And she's from Jersey, <laughs> like me. Only she's like an hour probably south of me. But that's okay because I'm going to make it to you one day real soon. Um, so, Heather, how are you doing today? Just just while I go in and tag you, you know, just figured I'd say hello. How are you? Yeah. Hi. Hi, I'm great. Thanks so much for having me on here today. I'm excited. Great. Kind of a dreary day, but that's okay. So we had yeah. we had a really, we had a nice run there, you know? <laughs> I feel like we can use that wet day that keeps us in sometimes. Totally. I felt the same, the same exact way today. I was like, you know what? Like I was saying to you, like, I got to clean my floors. I got to, you know, like I got to have not feel that urge to get out, you know, and enjoy the sun. And I'm like, no, we can just stay in today and yeah. sort of just be, just be, just pause and like, ugh, you know? Yeah. Reset. Um, reset it all. Yeah. It's a good reason to use. All right. So we're all set. If anybody is listening and wants to send us some comments or something resonates with you, please do. I think you just have to give StreamYard your permission to send those comments over to us, but I'll check Facebook as well. And oh. yeah. Hi, I'm Samantha Long. For anybody who's popping on and just, you know, for the first time, I'm Samantha Long. I'm a yoga instructor and a self-care mentor for women, and I am the host of this show called Self-Care is My Job, where we have these awesome conversations, very important conversations about self-care as a means to not only enhancing and um, sort of promoting your physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual wellness, but also like aligning with your true self. And then even potentially going after those things that you're called to, drawn to, that you want to do, that you're not doing. <laughs> um, and this month we're talking about letting go. And it was funny because Heather, we were scheduled to have this conversation last month. But this and what you do, which I can't wait to learn more about, has so is so much more aligned <laughs> um, with um, letting go, with the concept that we're talking about this month. So Heather is a um, massage therapist. She specializes in fascial release, you know, our connective tissue, which she's going to talk to us about. And there's so much more that you do. So do tell us, Heather, I would love to know, like we, like, like we said, you know, the work that you do, the importance of it, but also like, how did this happen for you? Like, why did you end up in this space? I'm sure. Cause there's always a story, right? There's always a reason. <laughs> there's always a story. Um, 
Actually, I have always been really super interested in the mind-body connection since I was a kid. I really wanted to go to school for neuroscience um, or neurology, or I used to be fascinated with neurosurgery, and that was my big goal, that I was going to get into that field where I could learn the deeper bits that I was recognizing between our mind and our body and that soul level and start making the connections and figuring it out. And I've always been so passionate about that. Um, and then got into pre-med school and was going through until I got really sick. Um, and the medical community kind of let me down and, you know, putting more and more medications on top of each other that just got me to a point where I was not getting better any longer. I was just right. in a really you know, bad state. So I actually ended up seeing a homeopath who helped me unwind a lot of that. So I went to school for homeopathy, um, you know, over a decade ago now, and began that journey where I was just kind of shedding like a lot of this letting go of all of the stuff that I had learned and understood as truth growing up and came into this holistic mindset and it felt really aligned. And then as I've been practicing with homeopathy, I was recognizing that these remedies, the energy that was moving through people was getting caught up in our bodies and I needed to find something else that was that connector, again, between the mind, soul, and the body, and figure out how to keep moving the energy so that it was actually fully releasing. And that's when I found body work and realized that fascia is that missing piece, that big connector and energetic conduit in our body. And it's exciting. It is really, really a cool it feels like it fills all those places of myself that I've been wanting to learn about and study and grow with. And here it is, Sasha. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's interesting, right? Because as a wellness entrepreneur, you're, there's always going to be like this little area that like first intrigues you. Right. And then you're, and I'm in the same space where I just keep like mm -hmm. getting hit in the face with these new concepts right and it's uh -huh. like oh my god that's what I've been wanting to learn about this whole time because it's like I don't need to reinvent the wheel here I'm not here to discover something that doesn't exist already I just want to you know just immerse myself in these concepts so that when you know you know when we're working with somebody that we can fully be there you know and fully and and fully offer that knowledge so that's beautiful um so so it's funny because you just said, I just realized, I just learned for the first time for those of list who are listening and would like a laugh. I think I just learned the correct way to pronounce homeopathy <laughs> <laughs> because I'm pretty sure that I was pronouncing it wrong the whole time say how I was pronouncing it. But uh, needless to say, it was not correct. But um, <laughs> but would you mind kind of <laughs> I'm like, OK, I'm here learning. And this is a part of why this is a reason why I'm doing this, because it's just, you know, this yeah. is, you know, selfishly on my end. I get to absorb all of this good stuff as well. Um, but would you mind sort of defining that for everyone? Because I, I would just wouldn't be shocked if there are people listening who have like a maybe a vague understanding of what that is, but just to be more specific and kind of maybe to pique someone's interest, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, homeopathy is often misunderstood, right? So a lot of people have heard about it and tend to believe that it's just at-home remedies, um, things that you pull out of your cabinet, herbs, mm-hmm. right, um, oils. So I get a lot of people who come in and they're like, teach me about all of the things I can make at home to help this. Mm-hmm. And homeopathy is actually completely different, right? It's its own um, modality of holistic healing. And it's actually an energetic medicine. So it takes the crude substance of natural, you know, plant sources, animal sources, metals, um, anything we can find in nature, and it's diluted and succussed into an energetic medicine that then we, um, we find what resonates with each individual person and how they're expressing their illness. And that remedy is what is taken to then move you through that to kind of unblock that stick. Mm, There you go. Well, and it's, and it's, you know, connected to what you were talking about before about how you had your own, you know, medical issues, own diagnosis, treatment problems where you weren't, you know, where we're just, you know, consistently handed all different kinds of medication. And it happens you know, I have these, I have a conversation like this with someone at least once a week, probably more, right? Like that's so ridiculously common and frustrating, right? That we don't, um, we're not guided to treat the root cause of something. First of all, we're, we're, we're guided to treat the symptom, um, only, but then also, you know, even if it is something, a lot of times, you know, that those, that diagnosis and that treatment and that medication is required, but what if there's more that you can be doing in your own space and with your, right. uh, that's under your own control, you know, whether that is different forms of just simple, simple self-care practices, inclusive of, you know, homeopathy in that, in that way, would you give us an example of like, you know, an ailment or illness that you've helped, you know, a client work through based on, you know, them being able to put, put this, put this stuff together on their own. Yeah. So the easiest one to explain is um, Allium Sepa. So this is a remedy that we use for um, allergies and it's actually made from the common onion. So when you're slicing an onion, right, you get these really tearing eyes. Sometimes you get that burning feeling in your nose, the stinging in your eyes, right? And that's also how you feel sometimes when you have an allergic reaction, right? When the pollen starts coming up, your eyes start burning, they're tearing, your nose is running. Um, so Allium Sepa is then the remedy that you can try and often it'll shift you out of that state. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. So there's a little bit of, um, there's a little bit of like a paradox there, right? Where you would, you know, actually, but it makes sense that you would be trying things, you know, that have a similar effect. Cause it's almost like you're training your body to like deal with it better in a way. And it's just, um, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, it's the same as, you know, counseling. It's the same as seeing people in the law of mirrors, right? When you're sitting with a counselor, they are mirroring to you what you're saying. And when you're able to see it in a reflective state instead of your own, like, biased state, you're able to start dissolving it and moving past it. And it's the same holistically throughout our body. We're able to do the same thing. Each of our cells able to take it and be like, oh, I see now. I don't have to be stuck like that. I can just move forward. Right? I can let go. Right. right. And that's, a, a, of course, a perfect segue into like the, the concept of release. Right. So but before we get into, uh, you know, 
the details of what you do and how that translates to literally releasing emotions, old patterns, things like that, that are just completely holding us hostage, really. Mm-hmm. Um, can we, so I want to just go back for a second. Can we define fascia? Cause I know that there are people listening who have, again, have heard the concept and um, have probably heard, you know, if you've taken a yoga class with me, you've definitely heard that concept. But, um, but yeah, so it's our connective tissue in our body. And I love how you actually defined it is as, you know, the great connector, because it goes much deeper than that. But from your end, if you wouldn't mind defining it, and, you know, sort of giving us the lay of the land on its importance, really, and in, in how, how important it is to sort of pay attention to this, alongside, you know, the muscular system, the skeletal system, which is what most of us are used to focusing on within our body, you know? Yeah. Well, fascia is so important because it's that space that's filling all of those gaps between the muscular system, the cardiovascular system, the nervous system, right? It's what it's this um, extracellular matrix. It's got all of these collagen fibers and it's dripping and oozing with moisture and immune cells and, you know, just mast cells that make histamine and lots of rich, nutrient-dense liquids that cover our entire body from under our skin, over every muscle fiber, throughout all of our, you know, covering every one of our organs, throughout our entire system. So it, it literally connects us from our head to our toes. And it's incredible because more than just a connector, it's a pathway that is actually being more and more understood as more research comes out to be the like a sensory organ that's informing our nervous system on how to shape our bodies on how to react to stress on how to react to the world around us to the temperature and you know uh, trauma right injury things changing in our system even you know, when somebody comes up behind you and you feel those little energetic shifts, even if you have headphones on, you're totally absorbed in what you're doing. You have no idea that somebody's entering the room, but you can feel that somebody's hovering over you. It was not understood for so long until now. We are recognizing that this fascial system is actually that connector, is the energetic connector to our, you know, auric body or soul body, whatever is outside of us that's linking into who we are. Right. So that is where, so, I mean, and again, I'm sure that, you know, the, the concept of trauma being held in the body has probably been presented to our listeners at some point, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because it's becoming, it's luckily, right? It, you know, fortunately, it's becoming more of a known concept that like, it isn't all mental. It's not like you can go in there and whether it is by, you know, medication or talk therapy, which mm-hmm. are very important things to consider if you're struggling with your mental health, Absolutely. but it's actually going really, really uh, embracing the concept that it goes deeper than that. And how can we fully release these patterns and these emotions that are sticking to us like a sticking point holding us back until we address that they are literally um, sitting still within our bodies. So that's where, you know, for the people who are listening and have heard that concept of trauma being held in the body, that is where it's living. 
And so can you give us an example of when you work with a client, right? You know, like what's happening? What's happening? What are you doing? What, what's happening when you are in the process of attempting to help them release that trauma that's in their body or that pattern or that contrainment or that tension that is more, you know, that is more meaningful than just a body ache or, you know, attention just from overuse or misuse or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely different than a muscular tension, right? So what is actually happening when you're, when you're hands-on working with somebody to release that? Well, when I'm hands-on working with somebody, it's, it's pretty incredible, right? Because we are working like above the muscles. We're working in a space that is completely different, right? I've had clients say, you know, she's touched spaces that no other massage therapist has thought to go. And that's where it is, right? That's where the party's at. And mm-hmm. there's, so I'm looking for that tension, that fascial pull that often runs from the whole body. So what I'm doing when, you know, when I'm, person comes in for their first session, I always recommend doing a full therapeutic massage that really feels like a, you know, regular massage. But what I'm doing is mapping out the body patterns of what your system is holding on to. So then in a fully relaxed state, I can feel which patterns are not letting go when you're at rest, right, which is really important because a lot of times people are in stress patterns where they're either and what I'm, you know, collecting data on and trying to really figure out is this homeopathic essence of person and the states that they're in, like guilt and fear and stress, right? And painting a picture of what each pattern looks like in the body fascially, right? So I can see when somebody's pulled into a fight or flight pattern because they're stuck in perpetual stress because they have big things coming up or simply because they're taking that position every day for work, right? Like sitting around our computers or sitting on our cell phones where our bodies are caving in. This is a natural stress pattern. So then it's giving feedback to your nervous system that tells you you're in, you're, you know, in a stressful situation. You are, you need to, you know, raise your heart rate. You need to get moving, right? That then gives us this feeling that we're anxious, that we're depressed, that something's going on when actually it's just, we're stuck in a pattern that needs to be released fascially. And sometimes as we're working through these fascial patterns, right? People, 90% of people who are on my table within the first three sessions end up crying or having a big release of emotions or having old memories resurface, right? It's really, really common because the issues really, really get stuck in the fascial layers and your body takes on this form and just pauses. You know, it just holds you in this guarding state to try to not go back into that situation again, right? And it's great as a protector, but once we get to a point where we're safe, we need to learn how to release that, how to let it go so that we can move on and continue growing in our lives. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, it's so in line with why I wanted to focus on this very, you know, it's somewhat, somewhat specific topic this month, right? Like, mm-hmm. but and as much, you know, then I kind of laughed at myself, like, but, but, but it, this is so big that I could go on for six months about this topic. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it's so important to address that the fact that it is not, you know, 
that specifically that when we're talking about fascia and that connective tissue, that it is very sort of like superficial, like above, not in, not in a, not in a less important sense, but it's uh, above the muscles. So it's like one of those things where this is what was coming to me when you were talking about that is like, how often are you touched, especially you know, over the past year, of course, none of us are being touched very much <laughs> during a pandemic, but also like just in general, like um, the, vulnerabil the vulnerability of that, of sort of having that very gentle, very nurturing um, and simplistic kind of like touch and connection, whether it is from somebody you know or not. I mean, like, how often do you even, even if it is a close friend or somebody who's close to like, how often do you even just sort of stay in an embrace for a little bit longer? And it's one of like, that's always been something that I connect this concept of trauma and patterns being held in the body and our lack of comfort with that vulnerability and like that connection and like how yeah. many of how many of us are walking around with a with like kind of like a guard up and it's like hello that is exactly what it is it is because of trauma or memories you know i like to try to at least use like different you know like different terminology to to right. you know because people have different you know, again, different uh, descriptions of what trauma is too, which we can talk about. But even if it's a memory or a pattern or even something that you heard a million times as a child from your parents or from your grandparents, and every time you heard it, you made it made you feel a certain kind of way and you heard it a million times. Well, guess what? That whatever that tension and that that contortion that kind of happens, even if it's minimal, every single time you hear that, is going to become a pattern inside your body that is going to send incorrect messages like you were just saying. Um, mm -hmm. But that being said, I also think it might be important like um, to, to define trauma because even from my own personal experience as of lately, I mean, since January, I've been um, in the midst of my first introduction to talk therapy ever, which has been a wonderful experience. And I've mm -hmm. learned so much. And one of the things that, one of the first things that came up for me is like how often I, and I'm sure many other people also sort of minimize their experiences. Um, for me, it was somewhere along the lines of like, oh, well, you know, everybody's experienced something like this as a kid. So like, you know, my stuff is not that big a deal. And then it's like, but the reality is that j just because other people have experienced these things does not change how it affected you and that it did happen to you and that you were affected by these things. Yes. Wonderful. Okay. So you're not the only one, but it doesn't change that you were affected by this thing that needs to be addressed. So I think when people hear the word trauma or micro trauma, again, it's like, no, 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 it wasn't to that level you know, that kind of thing. And it's like, even if it is a micro trauma, even if it was just an argument, like, you know, think about a, you know, for me, I think about one instance, right? A big, massive argument that happened with my family and that'll never leave me, you know, just like a, a sort of a moment mm -hmm. that's, even though I have a terrible memory, I remember that, right? That is something that is absolutely a cause for trauma to be held in your body. Because especially if you do have a memory of something that, that does recur for you, it absolutely is in there somewhere. It needs to be released 100%.
Yeah. Yeah. Well, taking a little step back to the fascia and how it's connected, right? It's not just over the muscles, right? It's that's where our greatest connection with it is. But what's really fascinating, especially when we step into talking about trauma and fascia is that fascia actually winds itself around every fiber of your being deep, deep within your body and even all the way down to a cellular level. So it each fascial strand actually inserts into the DNA of every cell in your body. And that's how it has such a broad connection and right and communication with your entire system. And so that's really important because when we're children, we're just these, you know, we're blank slates. We have, you know, whatever information is imprinted on us from our epigenetic history, right? That's passed along to, you know, through the family line of like, okay, this is where we're starting from. Now, what do we do with that? But what we do with that gets to change. We get to, you know, that's a starting point. That's not we can't think of that as like our hindrance. So then anytime we have one of these moments where, you know, our body, it's all based on perception, right? Trauma to one person is going to look completely different to another person because as a child, you've experienced none of it. So anything that's a shock to your system, whether it's a raised voice or, you know, somebody being overly nice and making you feel like you want to crawl up into your shell, right? Some kids are really sensitive to that. It's totally just individualized. It's totally based on who you are, what your system responds to and how it responds. And then in those moments, right? Sometimes it's a really big moment that kind of traps you and you lock yourself into that space. And sometimes it's those recurring moments that then we are feeling like we've built up this guarding and we've kind of wrapped ourselves around that space. But if we start shifting the way that we think about these, the friction in life, you know, the, I always say friction creates growth. If we can come into that mindset of thinking, Oh, these moments that make us feel uncomfortable, these moments that are really, you know, just starting that little fire in us, we can either allow it to, you know, just take us over and burn us down, or we can grow from it. We can use them as little launching pads to just move farther, right? And that's that's the goal for, you know, our whole family line. Our family line, it should be, here, I've given you, you know, all of the stuff that our family has worked on for generations and generations. Now you get to take the baton and go farther with it. You get to move yeah. farther. And that that even comes into play with our our bodies, right? Our bodies and that connection into our soul and minds. Completely. That is so big. And another, you know, uh, that's another concept that's been on my mind so much is, is that idea of sort of breaking the cycle. Mm -hmm. um, so it's like you don't, and, you know, and that, you know, so, okay, so if we're, if for, the, for the people who are listening and it's like, okay, if we're into this personal growth con stuff, right, whether it's that or whether it is legit, like I am healing from a lot mm -hmm. or anywhere in between, right? Um, you know, it's not something that we, I love how you said that here's what our family has been working on for generations because that is, you know, that's, that's evolution. That there is a lot, there is a lot to work on. So like, 
we can't break the cycle ourselves, but we can make moves in that direction. Like I remember having this conversation with my therapist too and, and, and expressing my, you know, my desire to break the cycle. And she just looked at me and said, you already have, you already yeah. have, you know what I mean? And it's so true because it's like just simply using these triggers, these things for come that come up for us and these moments of sensitivity as launching pads, like you said, or as an opportunity to grow, to learn, that's it. That that's that's like step number one. Just coming to like these awarenesses is so huge. Um, but further than that, once you get to that space, like you were saying before, you can choose to learn from it, or you can come to an awareness of something that you weren't addressing before, and then you can kind of wear it like a weight in your body. And mm -hmm. I think I was doing that for a while where I was like, it, and the I was talking about this in the last, ep last episode of like, okay, fine. Like I'm aware of all these things now that like, I really couldn't quite be clear on before of why this was happening or, or, or whatever it might be, or a clear memory of this or whatever. Um, and then once I became aware, you can either choose to, to release it or you can literally embody it like almost like you're taking it on like it's really a part of you. So it's good to remember that what whether it is, you know, some, a memory and something, of course, that is going to be manifesting inside of you, um, it isn't really necessarily yours, right? So we have to remember that these patterns, the reason why we're calling it a pattern is because it's get all of it gets passed down. I, I'm so into the concept of epigenetics when it comes to that. All of it gets passed down. So, so much of what we feel and all these little triggers and these like, you know, tendencies that we have, it's like a, a weight is lifted when you can really embody the concept of this is not mine. This is actually not mine. I didn't, it didn't start with me. So I don't have to walk around wearing this. You know, it, I feel like for me, that was very clearly a moment of like, oh, okay. Like, so now great. I've come to this space. I have my yoga. I have my meditation. I've come to many awarenesses. I'm in a totally different space than I was before, but now I am ready to let that shit go. You know, like, uh, you know, you have yeah, to but just let go that you don't want to wear this anymore, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But that's an interesting concept because as we grow, right, as we're like doing this, I call it fascial release, right? I, as we do this release and growth, it's like, it's actually more about transmuting and alchemizing the stuff so that it's still a part of you you know the stuff mm -hmm. that we've been through in the past the things that our family has been through we we don't want to just completely dismiss it and be like well I can just completely let that go because then we're almost facing another problem right we kind of push yeah. ourselves into this new pattern where then we are splitting ourselves we're like breaking away from who we are and where we came from and what's actually formed Right. But instead, using that mentality of, you know, oh, I can just change this. You know, this doesn't have to this grief doesn't have to make me hardened. This grief can actually make me love even harder. Right. It mm -hmm. can 
we have directions that we can choose and we can still honor the stuff that's happened in our past. We can still honor everything that we've been through and our family have been through and instead bring it along with us and, you know, make it amazing, make it something that is so useful and transformational because those moments should be, they should be used. They should be useful, right? Otherwise, it it's feels literally like we went through them. Right. Or like it was a waste or like, you know, just putting a big, yeah, shameful curtain over the whole situation, which is, this is, that's such a good point that it, that it wouldn't, you know, that wouldn't be productive. Um, and I think one of the, you know, what popped up for me when you were talking was like one of the easiest examples that I'm sure many people can relate to is like, for example, if you grew up around people who had, you know, were suffering from mental illness or physical illness or addiction or, mm -hmm. or anything or, you know, anything in that realm, you know, if you discard what, however that manifested for you and then translated into how you're dealing with people and how it's a part of your personality, if you eliminate it and push it away entirely, there are probably, there are probably, probably positives to how that manifested for you. For me, um, it caused me to have great empathy for people, you, you know, like really having, uh, being able to, to feel people's pain, to put myself in their shoes to, you know, um, and then, you know, so just coming to a place where you're not taking it too far, where you're not overstepping your bounds, you're not trying to control somebody, you're not trying to, you know, uh, pass judgment. Um, but, you know, you might very well have, you know, some very positive outcomes to learning about the things that you learned about, whether or not it felt good at the time or not. Um, so I think that that is really important not to just like trash your whole past, right? Because then there yeah. is that like sort of blanketed judgment and shame over, um, over the person that you are, um, sort of like embracing your, your strengths. But again, we have to learn from these messages that are constantly being sent to us. I mean, I talk about that all the time. Like, why do I love yoga so much? It's not just because I got these, you know, chaturanga guns. It's not. <laughs> it's not. It's because it gets me out of my head and into my body so that I can start to listen to what is going on with my body because that's where the messages are coming from. If we don't pause and take moments to be still, first of all, we just forget how to pause entirely, especially in the world that we're living in where it's go, go, go. But we, it's, it's deeper than that. You, you come back to the sensations that are often just written off entirely and ignored or just not, not felt at all, really. And so you start to, you know, for me that I think that was a major turning point where I was like, oh God, like I, you know, have more control over my diet even now because I can feel how certain foods are making me feel. Um, you know, like how it's translating, you know, in the after effect, oh, I can, you know, feel more comfortable taking that pause when I'm totally triggered by something someone is saying to me so that I can take a few breaths and figure out why I'm so fucking triggered <laughs> uh -huh. so I can learn from that instead of just bam, coming right back at you with whatever's going to come out of my mouth, whatever my nervous system is creating as that quick reaction, right? Um, and it feels like a lot to work on, 
but it's not, you know, you know, I have to say, it's like, okay, well, I've had some amazing, you know, yoga teachers who, and meditation teachers who have guided me. I've had the opportunity to connect with amazing people. That's pot, um, like, like Heather and like others. It's like, this is why we're, this is part of why we're doing this show so that people can be connected to the, the guidance that they need. So I guess that's just sort of closing point on that is like, it can seem daunting to have, uh, to reconnect with your body so you can like really hear these, you know, feel and hear what you need to, to, to hear, but the support is there for you. The guidance is here, you know, right, right here and now, in fact, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's one of the most important things that I teach in my group program is we just keep coming back to this focus on interoception, right? And interoception is this body awareness of your core self, the position that you hold your body in, right? And mm. that awareness comes from your fascial body. And so often in our culture today, we're, you know, trained to focus on everybody else and everybody else's needs instead of our own. And we literally drop out of our bodies where we're no longer making that connection. We no longer can tell that our head is not pulled back over our bodies or that our sacrum is tilted. But if when we reconnect to that fascial body so that we're able to feel those shifts, then we know, hey, I'm feeling stressed or this, you know, this is giving me the wrong vibe and I need to like get out of this situation because I can feel my sacrum shifting into that position that I know means I'm ready to run, right? And just having little cues, is, it takes us even a, a step deeper into getting back into like living instinctually, right? Because we all have those gut feelings. We all have those things, but we can't like place what we're feeling, where we're feeling it, right? Unless you have that little gut feeling in your in your stomach, but it happens throughout your body, right? And you're able to reconnect with those spaces and learn about them and remember and know that like, oh, hey, I'm feeling it between my scapula. I know I must be carrying around guilt. Now let me take a look around and figure out what is coming up here. You know, what, why would I be feeling guilty? You know, really take a look at your life and the way that your body is like telling you that your system is working, what, what uh, your nervous system is actually riding on, because that's the best way to heal, right? That's the best way to get to those root causes is asking yourself. Exactly. I think we lose, we lose sight of that for sure, that like the answers are actually inside of us, you know, mm -hmm. so it's like you're either rushing, I mean, again, no, nothing wrong with prioritizing your medical self-care. If you genuinely feel like you need a diagnosis and some direction on from a medical professional on, you know, a diagnosis and treatment for a specific issue, a hundred percent, that's a part of, you know, managing your own wellness. But on the other mm -hmm. end of that, um, yeah, I was just having this conversation with someone. It's just like, you know, we don't, there's not this element of like, we're completely out of our own, it, it's completely out of our own control. And it's just based up to chance and her and, and, you know, be, whether something is hereditary or not. Um, mm -hmm. we really do have the ability to self-advocate and, but the only way that you can actually do that appropriately is by trying to pinpoint exactly what is going on. Sometimes it's even hard to do that, but it's actually, um, yeah, it's the same concept of getting used to, you know, like sort of remembering or rebuilding that muscle that we 
um, of self-awareness, getting inside the body, listening to yourself, pausing, having those sort of introspective moments. We forget to do that because we live in a society that, you know, sometimes calls that lazy, even, you know, even mm -hmm. the pause, like, you know, it's this very, you know, there's just a lot of masculine energy where we are literally just feeling like we need to produce, create, deliver constantly, go, 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 and never stop, do more, offer more. I'm guilty of it myself where I will, you know, feel like I always need to add. Right. And, mm -hmm. um, and I tell you, I tell people all the time that if it wasn't for yoga and meditation, I don't, I, I don't know where I would be these days. I would be like, you know, probably just buried in agenda after agenda like <laughs> with the tendency that I have. Right. Um, and I'm always just, you know, but that actually, you know, it, it feeds into the next topic I was going to bring us to, because um, as I was mentioning to you, I actually, I'm so happy. It was just like a gut talk about the gut, right? It was just like a gut instinct to pull Facebook a couple, you know, my Facebook friends a couple weeks ago um, on what letting go and release means to them. And I swear it was such a, like an amazing experience to read everybody's responses and people got, you know, very vulnerable and, and gave their shares. And I appreciate it so much. Um, and so much of it came back to expectations. So I think, you know, other, you know, expectations on them or on us, um, which relates to feeling guilt, which you were mentioning. I mean, so many people struggle with that. I think especially women, especially mothers, when we're trying to like put ourselves first in certain, you know, areas and at certain periods of time where we have to prioritize our own wellness. So we have to decide when that's going to be and how we're going to feel about it while we're doing it. Um, where we feel like we have to sacrifice ourselves for our kids really is what it is. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a lot of guilt there, but guilt is like, you know, again, that's a line with, you know, not I'm, I did something bad. Right. So I'm not aligning with the expectations. It all comes back to that. I mean, there was, there was concerns about relieving anxiety, re, re, relieving in themselves of insecurities all comes back to the same stuff. Um, mm -hmm. And I was just so kind of like blown away by that. It, it, in a way, it made me sad, but in a way it made me happy because it was like, look at this oneness, right? Like, look how we're all battling the same shit. We're all in this together. It doesn't matter what your political view is. It doesn't matter what your view of the vaccine is. It doesn't matter. It literally, you know, we have to find these little ways in which we are the same because we're just all like one, you know, we're all each this individual wave, like rising up out of a vast ocean. Like we're just here together battling the same shit. So we can help each other by vocalizing it, which again, it goes back to like that sort of ability to like, let someone in, let somebody support you and let yourself be, be vulnerable for, but a few moments, you know? Mm -hmm. it's important yeah yeah and my husband could lecture us for hours on how that's you know all of that uh those big feelings are coming from society just being set up terribly right now yeah. right the way that we're not we're not supportive of each other in a way that we really need to be able our focus is completely on the wrong elements of doing and creating and selling right Right. Always doing. 
always doing. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I digressed a little bit there, but that's okay. Tell your husband that he would appreciate the, the digressing of conversation. I think my, my yeah. husband and your husband could probably have a conversation about that too. Yeah, um, it's actually a huge conversation, right? That men, even when they come into my practice, that's, that's a big element that men, especially for, um, you know, very purposeful driven women are coming in with and they actually are carrying that in their sacral body, right? And like holding this feeling of not being able to change the world, right? Not being able to having that all being so out of their control is, you know, I know. I just lost your video. <laughs> can you still hear me? I don't know where my video went. So yeah, I can you. still hear you, but I lost. Oh. oh, device is not connected. Add to stream. You're back. You're back. Oh, no, it worked. Okay. Um, <laughs> you're like, oh no. No, where did I go? <laughs> hey, this is this is what happens yeah. when you got a live conversation going. You know. That's right. Um. Yeah, but it's a big it's a big stressor. It's one of those things, right? We, we focus so much on like the things that have happened to us in the past and what we want to work on releasing, but we forget that we're going through these moments that are still really uncomfortable, right? And that's getting caught up in our body too. And sometimes that's holding us back from even moving through what, you know, our day-to-day -day life, right? And that sometimes is more pressing than the things that, got us to where we are right that is a huge point that is a huge point 100 percent um a friend of mine lucia had a question which i think is directed to you so she said so so is it like reiki with a physical massage to release the issues in the tissues <laughs> i can kind of like hear her saying that with a chuckle <laughs> but, um, but yeah i think that, i mean it's a good question to to help clarify yeah yeah, so I am a Reiki master. Um, so I do focus a lot on that energetic world, right? I will use Reiki in sessions if people are open to it or interested in it. And it, it adds a really cool element to the fascial release and body work. Um, it's a lot like very targeted therapeutic massage. So if you've ever been to a physical therapist who's moving your body and almost like retraining your muscles how to work, right, we're doing this on a fascial level. So it's not, it's often not going as deep as a muscle layer. But when, when I find a spot that's really bound up fascially, you feel it, right? It gives off this like almost like a nervy pain because our fascia is one of, it is the most innervated organ in our body it's just cut it's filled with them right so when it gets all bound up and it's just very dense working through it can send off a lot of the same feelings that we get when we have a pinched nerve when something's constricted right and we get that burning feeling or that numbness and you'll feel all of that coming up as we work through that tissue and release it and free it up but then when it releases it's actually able to send the messages through the nervous system better so that then the muscles can work again. So then we see a reduction in cellulite. We see a better function in movement. We see like all of these, just like a revival of your body and actually a lightness, right? So fascia is 
um, fascia is water dense and it actually gives the body this buoyancy. So when we see somebody who's really healthy and not fascially bound, we say like, oh, they have so much pep in their step. They have, you know, they're almost like floating around the place. They, you know, they're fairy-like. They're just flitting around. That childlike nature is healthy fascia. It's fascia being buoyant and just being able to move and flow through, right? So we want our mostly made up of that so this fascial work of unwinding each individual section of these larger patterns is really important yeah that is huge and then that that I can sort of envision that <clears throat> even within my own life I remember because I, I I think when I was maybe like 23 it had to be you know close to 14 years ago was probably the first yoga class that I went to and I went because I was so tight in my shoulders and my upper body from sitting at a desk all day or being on a plane or what I was just, that's where I spent half my life, either sitting in front of the computer at my desk at, in the office or on a plane. And, um, and I remember that was one of the first things that I noticed was once, once I, I mean, it wasn't even, you know, not obviously not after the one class, but once I, um, once I committed, you know, maybe within a year or two of that, once I really committed to that, once I saw the, the true benefit of what I was getting out of it, not just the physical practice, but so much more, um, mm -hmm. and really committed, that was one of the first things that I noticed was like, just that lightness that I felt moving about. And then, and then I kind of fell off my practice for a few years. Um, you know, like life got crazy. I really, really redevoted myself once I had my first child, once I had Aria. And, um, and it was the same thing. I laughed. I laughed once, you know, once I had that experience all over again, cause I'm like, here I am like just had a baby. I am, you know, picking up the baby, putting the bound, the baby, dragging this over here, dragging the stroller, you know, like I'm doing all these things that you would have thought I would have been aching, you know, and really, cause there's so much more movement than sitting at a desk all day, which I was no longer doing. And I just remember laughing and being like, this is ridiculous. Like the fact that I am, I feel better in my body with all of this like physical labor, basic and, and literal labor that I just experienced. Uh -huh. um, and I feel so much better and so much lighter and with the, the mobility of that. I don't think at the time I realized anything, you know, I had no, no real understanding of the, of connective tissue or of that concept just figured, oh my goodness, like the, you know look at this. Once again, yoga saves the day. That was pretty much at the time as far as my brain was going. But, um, but that is why, and that's why when you're in a yoga class and so many yoga teachers talk about your connective tissue and, and the release of that tension, we're not really just talking about muscle tension. It is literally just like, and we talk about alignment a lot, you know? So we talk about your, your ability to have that really healthy connective tissue so that you're not constrained and you can really open up into, into a shape and, the, and, and that same exact benefit will have you same, the same, you know, hopping around like a little Sprite Yeah, <laughs> not over yeah. time you know, with patience and dedication, you know? Right. Right. And that just goes yeah. to show you that our bodies are made for movement. We are made to be, in motion and in all these different planes and our fascia is happier for it right our fascia is also that processing ground for our 
story for our life, for the things that are happening. So if it's not moving and it's stagnant, we don't get to get to those evolutionary states where we're moving forward and growing and changing, right? We are stuck. We're stuck because we're literally not moving. And this is also, there's something to be said about, um, movement not only being good for mobility and for your body you know internally and everything but also like this conversation is that connector that definition of why movement is good for your mental health you know like we talk about you know that's another thing that i think people hear all the time oh you got to get out and move you know you got to move your body and and it's like okay but why, you know, like, you know, there's just a lot of like phrases and buzzwords that are all around the self-care, um, you know, uh, topic these days. And I get it. I totally get it when people are like, ah, self-care, schmelf care. I don't want to hear about this anymore. You know, it's like, okay, I get it. There's a lot of buzzwords. There's a lot of phrases, but this is, these are the conversations that I'm trying to have. This is a part of why people say move your body movement is medicine because you literally and it doesn't have to be this like perfect action like this complete you know perfect package of a practice yes you can go to heather and you can have your fascia worked on and that is you know a very deliberate and wonderful you know attempt to get that going but one of the things that i learned from heather because i took um a fascia workshop with her not too long ago and what i've been doing almost every day with my children and adding to my yoga classes is literally just dancing and just incorporating like so much intuitive movement into my own practice and in my yoga classes. Um, and, and I will like between sequences, like when I go from, you know, our left side to our right side, whatever in a class, I will often tell my students to jiggle, you know, like jiggle there by move around and give yourself like a wiggle and a jiggle and hop a little bit and just like get it all out before we move on. And it's just like, again, so I just like to put that out there because again, I think that there's a lot of like, we put so much pressure on ourselves to like execute everything perfectly and be like, oh, well now it's another thing for me to think about. Now I got to think about my fascia, Mm -hmm. you know? (laughs) Like, let's not, let's not overcomplicate this. Let's just oh, make yeah. it where, it's like, okay, I'm in, I'm in awareness of this now. And now I'm just going to, I'm just going to put on a song and dance every day or whatever it is, you know, try something. I think, I think fascia is really exciting because for me, it's like this validation of all of these intuitive things that we already knew in our life. Like, oh, my body, I'm drinking a ton of water, but I'm not feeling totally hydrated. Oh, hey, if we move that fluid through your fascial system, then you rehydrate. That's how we do it, right? Oh, movement's medicine. Of course it is, because the fascial body needs to be moved in order to stay healthy. You know, it's just that we've finally found the science behind it that for some minds makes it feel more of a yes, right? Of se- instead of like, oh, that's just that's just what you think, you know. And even medically, right, that's just your viewpoint. Yeah, 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 yeah. Even medically, um, fascia is just filling the gaps where a lot of. I mean, I'm always sending people, please go get a diagnosis first, then come chat with me, right? Then we can chat. But a lot of times the diagnosis is, oh, it's fibromyalgia. There's not really much we can do for you. Oh, it's this. There's not really much we can do for you, right? And all of these, right? uh, POTS, um, Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, fibromyalgia, all these different syndromes that 
doctors everywhere are like, well, it's just, it's just a chronic illness that we can't really do anything for. It lies, it all comes back to fascia, right? And the fascial work is so helpful for these spaces and explains a lot of it. So it's yeah. really, really cool, a cool new scientific space to be like exploring and learning because it, it just fills the gaps for a lot of areas in our life. Yeah, a hundred percent. And it's, you know, I think there's something to be said too about like, if you felt like there was a connection between movement and mental health, if you felt like there was a connection between something that, you know, a, a feeling that you, that you get when you think about something and it stays with Yes. So those feelings, if you felt that, if you felt that connection, but you didn't have a doctor tell you flat out that that's what it was, you know, there's something to be said about listening to what your intuition was telling you that something is connected. There is no, there's no other, there's no better answer than, than that, that voice inside of you that's telling you these things are connected. Even if my, you know, you know, even if my primary doctor didn't tell me, and even if the, you know, neurologist didn't tell me, you know, you have, you have uh, the ability to self-advocate and to listen to your body and those messages. That's what it is. That's, that's, that's all in the gut. Those, those little, those little hits that you, those little nudges that it's like, yeah, I just knew it. It's so important to remember that you can listen to that. We don't have mm -hmm. to say, oh, well, what do I know? I get that in my own head, which I have to shut down every now and then. What do I know? It's like, well, actually, I know a lot when it comes yeah, to my own I, shit, you know? Right. Especially um, about yourself. So many people know, right. oh, my, all my symptoms started at this time in my life after this happened, right? After I lost my job, after we did a big move, after I lost my mother, right? You, you feel it, you know it, but it's so easy to just dismiss and be like, no, that's not it come get on my table and that's going to be the thing I pull up right and say like what happened this grief pattern right and that's what's trapping Ooh. us in this space I just got a chill up and down my spine and I think I need to come see you <laughs> mm -hmm. um which I which I've already which obviously will plan because um yeah I got to get in a room with you for sure yeah. um I, I did the net, you know, I did the best thing I could of, of taking the workshop and learning so much from you just because obviously with my background, I was like, oh God, I'm like, this is, you know, this is the woman who's going to teach me more about fascia. But, um, and so thank you for joining me on the show too, because I think that we had some, we, we had some really good points. We could probably go on for days. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, but before I let you go, two things. I like to always ask my guests because, you know, obviously the, the name of the show is Self-Care is My Job. And that's why, you know, the reason obviously we're talking to wellness uh, people, people in wellness who are offering a, you know, a form of a self-care practice as their purpose work. Right. But also mm -hmm. it's also it's about each of our individual selves that being our job to maintain our own self-care, to maintain our own wellness, and nobody's going to do it for us. So it's like a job. It's like another job. I'm a, I'm a, I have my mom job. I have my job job and I have my manager of me job. So mm -hmm. for you, when it comes to managing your own wellness, like what are some uh, self-care non-negotiables for you? Like practices that you come back to weekly, daily, whatever it might be. 
Mm, definitely body work, seeing my chiropractor. Yeah. yeah, waking up and doing my fascial shake, moving my body and stretching, right? The big breath of that I teach in those workshops of just falling into a stretch and allowing it to just take over and do whatever you need to do with it. Yeah. That, those are the that. big things that I love to even just teach the kids of, Hey, we can just listen to our body. We can do this stretch. If your body feels like you need to twist it to a pretzel, do it. Right. Oh my God. I say that all the time in my yoga classes that I'm like, remember when you were getting into all those weird shapes as a kid and like everybody told you, what are you doing? You look crazy or you're going to get stuck like that or whatever it was, like all that ridiculousness. You were doing yoga. <laughs> like, good for you. You know, like allow yourself to go back to that child, childlike state where you are listening. You're actually listening and just putting your body where it wants to go. Um, like what could be better to, to sort of build that intuition muscle? That's amazing. Thank you for sharing with us. Last thing, tell us where to find you. I know that you've got a couple, um, you've got a couple offices now, so where to find you online and where to find you in person. <laughs> ah, yes. So you can find me on the fascia clinic on Facebook and fascia is F A S C I A the fascia clinic on face on Facebook, Instagram, uh, the fascia clinic.org. And you'll be able to find, I have a free ebook you can download there, um, for fascia and stress relief and how to get started in doing some of this work yourself. And I'll be launching another round of that workshop that we were talking about earlier with some added goodies into it. Um, so that'll be coming up in May and mm, I have a group perfect. called healing for growth that you can find me in Facebook to hear more of my chats and discussions about all of this stuff and the things that I'm working through myself to help you guys move on. And then in person, I'm in Lincroft, New Jersey and Manasquan, New Jersey at the Fascia Clinic. Perfect. Oh my goodness, guys, go see Heather. I'm going to do it. I'm there. And, um, and this has been great. I'm going to add all of the all the information about where to locate you into the notes when I publish the podcast and everything else. Um, thank you so much. I'm so lucky to be able to have these conversations. They just fill my heart and they just like inspire my soul. And so I'm just happy I got to connect with you. Mm -hmm. And um, maybe we can do it again. But um, if anybody has any questions, even if you're watching after the fact and you pop in some comments, I'll send them over to Heather. And this has been great. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And we'll see you all soon. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed. Hopefully you will like, share, and follow. And if you want to stay connected, find me on Instagram at the underscore aligned underscore heart, or you can visit my website at alignedheart.net. Take care of yourself. Say it with me. Self-care is my job. <laughs>